What's up, everybody? This week, Sarah and I take a look at the biggest selling album in the UK in the 1990s. What's the story, Morning Glory? By Oasis. That and a whole lot more is to come, because maybe, while the world still spins round, we still don't know why. Welcome to the show. So what do you think of my new voice, guys? Um, <laughs> we- it's what happens when I just, you know, take the script and run with it. So. Well, you know, it's fantastic. You, you got to roll with it job. this week, right? Oh, oh I shouldn't look back in anger with that one. <laughs> oh, yes. But, you know, that's one thing I love about Sarah. She is electric. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, hey, now let's drop it. Um, okay. uh, welcome, guys. We are officially back. Dad jokes and all. Dad jokes and all. Yes. Oasis puns and all, you know. You know it. Exactly. Is that the vibe? You know it. You yeah. absolutely know it. Uh, <laughs> it's been a little while, uh, but we are in season four, and yes. season four sees a little change. As you can tell, I'm not alone. I no. have the wonderful Sarah with me. He's not alone. Okay. Okay, Jarvis is going to show up at the door any second. Yes, he is, but uh, that's okay, because that's like naked booty Jarvis, and I'm okay. Ooh. Yes, shake, shake the boot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, one yeah. thing we decided while we were off is the fact that we're going to do a little bit of a change for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be exclusively for season four between now and the end of the year doing reviews only. Yep. Ooh. Ooh. And the great thing about it is, is that we have two major holidays and an American holiday, which I still don't have an idea what the hell it does. Um, we are going to be having t- not one. But two Halloween episodes this year. Ooh. One will be download. One will be dropped on our regularly scheduled date, which is now a Saturday. Yes, we've changed Yay. to Saturday, as you might have noticed. And the other one, we'll be dropping a second one on Halloween night. Yay! It's going to be creepy and kooky, and we're going to be reviewing two modern horror films. And I think you can guess which two they are: The Conley Family. Da-da-da-da. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, we are yeah. Maybe we should do the Adams Family. No, anyway. Uh, <laughs> But Ooh. also, we have... made with real Girl Scouts? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, okay. But um, we're also doing a, a christmas theme special, too. We mm-hmm. have four movies of Christmas and New Year movies mm-hmm. that we'll be reviewing, including one of my favorite, the only New Year movie I could possibly find that was made in the 90s mm-hmm. that's not um, Love Actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, forums? Yep. Yes. For- yes. Yes. Uh, always. Did they misbehave? <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> but we will get to all that later on in the season. Yes. All that in the bag of chips later on in the season. A couple more housekeeping things before we carry on, uh, we mm-hmm. get going. Um, we have launched a spin-off series. Or we will be launching a spin-off series, I should say, uh, called the Because Maybe Podcast right here, right now. Yes. Again, stolen from another Oasis lyric. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, this- we have too much stuff to just chat about. I mean, not the yeah. 90s or, you know, everything. The, the 90s are great. The yes. 90s are awesome. But at the same time, I've got a lot of... Th- I, I just like talking. I like doing this ah. stuff. Uh, so, you know, yes, me and Sarah are going to get talking. together. Me and Greg are going to get together. He talks a lot. Yes, I know. Um, and a lot more. Yes, 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 yes. We've already and then co- a lot more. And a lot more. Uh <laughs> We've already recorded episode one. Um, it, it went really well. Uh, yes. We're just we're just tuning it up and getting everything right. And we will be releasing this exclusively to the Because Maybe Podcast official YouTube channel. It will be released to all you audio heads exactly one month later. Mm-hmm. But this is a YouTube exclusive. We want to drive as much traffic over to our YouTube channel as possible. Um, 
talking of YouTube and episodes, we also have started putting full-length episodes of this podcast up on YouTube. They will be released two weeks after they drop on the uh, podcast apps. Yep. And the great thing about it is, is that our sarcastic teenager has been helping us edit them. And they look brilliant. Which is good, because... Our sarcastic teenager, um, I'm going to brag for a moment. Brag away. Yes, our sarcastic teenager got accepted into her first choice for university, yeah. So, which will be in film editing So at full sale. Yes. So, yes. so as, of, as of today, yes. uh, we would like to officially welcome to the podcast team, no longer our sarcastic teenager, <laughs> but uh, video editor Tara Johnson. Yes, our, um, our snarky senior Tara Johnson. Yes. Now, yes. She's, now she, unfortunately, this season we're also dropping those things because, quite honestly, I can't be bothered to write them. There, there's a lot that more that go into it than you would think just for the amount of time that they last. And plus, you know, she's hard to work with. She's a diva. <laughs> she, uh... Aretha didn't have nothing on this one. No. no. <laughs> just, just, just ask her to empty the dishwasher. And, whoo, <sighs> let me tell you something about you that you don't know. Um, yes. <laughs> now, I gotta bring something up because you did something to me this week that I'm never ever gonna forgive you for. What I do? You brought me into your little planner world. I did. Okay, for those of you who don't know, I've had a big change in uh, my eight to five, and I've mm-hmm. had to start taking notes for certain things. Yes. And instead of writing this stuff up by hand or typing it out, I've got me a little book, and Sarah and I was like, I need some stickers. Yeah, I've I've lately in the <laughs> last few me. months. Um, well, I mean, I've had a bullet journal forever. And well, okay, let me back up. I am the the, the list maker of list makers, yes. and the, I mean. Uh, John, when we used to both work at the office together, he would get tickled when he'd walk by my cubby and there would be a gigantic whiteboard and the first thing on the to-do list would be to write the to-do list. Um, (laughs) This is like, you know, that's planning to the nth degree has always been my wheelhouse. And so I've recently been introduced and gotten sucked in and seduced into like the happy planner world and there's stickers. Oh, the stickers. There's stickers for everything. Except for one thing. Okay, so anybody um, in the planner slash sticker slash Etsy world with your little Cree cut or silhouette or whatever you happen to use is listening to this and you're a sticker designer, I desperately, desperately, desperately need uh, something for a sticker size for a classic happy planner that tracks word counts for writers. Oh. I can't find writer word count stickers. I can't find writer stickers anywhere so if anybody has a pl- as a writer planner kit oh my jesus point me in your direction seriously drop us a line hit me up on on, on the the twitters or the facebooks or their whatever and i will be your new bff and she means that too and she's yes. a very good bff too mm-hmm. i have to say that she yes. you know, she has a lot of perks um <laughs> get your mind out the gutter i was talking about your personality <sighs> yes yes but, um <laughs> Okay. But uh, one thing that that we tried to do this summer, or you tried to do this summer, mm-hmm. you tried to do the whole Marvel thing. Yeah, we're we're big Marvel nerds. Um, um, by we, she means her and the children. Yes. Yes. I, not that I don't like comic book movies. I'm just there's too many of them, and I can't get my head around it. Yeah, he's he's like, eh, once you've seen Batman get his butt whooped, bust, you know, you're, you're done. So, um, no, but um, we we attempted the summer of Marvel. We did not get as far as uh, as we would have liked, but we started from the very beginning, and not necessarily chronologically in the way that they were released, but chronologically on timeline. 
So that means starting off watching the first Captain America movie and then the entire uh, two first two seasons of Agent Carter and then watching um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Certain episodes interspaced with different movies, you know, like Iron Man and then watch more and then Iron Man 2 and watch more and then, well, yeah. You get the idea. You get the idea. So... Um, we got further than I thought we would, but we didn't get as far as I would like. We got all the way to guard to the first Guardians of the Galaxy. That's pretty good. Yeah, because we got what three seasons of Shield through all the Iron Mans, um, the Hulk, Cap- uh, Captain America is both of them, the first Avengers. Yeah, I I I think they need to make another Hulk movie, but you know. Well, yeah, they do because I mean anything with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. yeah, because I, I watched parts of the uh, the Hulk movie and mm-hmm. I wasn't impressed. Mm-mm. Especially, and, and, and it's got Ed Norton and Liv Tyler in it. That's the bit I don't understand. How the heck was I not impressed with those two in the dang movie? Uh, well, they 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 don't really have that. I mean, I don't think they have that great chemistry. With no, each other. they didn't. They're I both mean, they're, great actors. They're wonderful actors. They're just not not together. Right yeah. now, um, speaking of what I am super super stoked about. Okay, people. Captain Marvel is coming, and it is relevant to this podcast <laughs> because it is set in the 90s. Oh. Yes. So, um, they just dropped on Entertainment Weekly today as the day that we recorded. Um, there, apparently this week, is this next ep- uh, issue is going to be full of pictures from behind the scenes and whatnot. And let me just tell you, Captain Marvel running around in her faded jeans, leather jacket, shield hat, and her nine-inch nails t-shirt, just warm... <laughs> My little 90s girl heart. So this is definitely something that um, I am stoked the to o- see. The only thing missing, I guess, was uh, Shirley Manson hair. Yes. <laughs> yes. But um, the whole thing is set in the 90s. Uh, Fury has two eyes. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's how much I don't watch these things because I know that's Samuel L. Jackson, you know. But it's like he ain't got two eyes. Oh god! Uh. No, but they did. Um, I mean, they CGI the crap out of him. I mean, he looks younger than he did in Pulp. So it and he's got like a little baby afro too. It's very weird. Royale with cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he was letting his soul glow in that one. Hair wise, right. but no. Well, Captain, I might actually watch Captain Marvel then. I might, I yes. might sit down and watch it with you. That might be our new guilty pleasure, especially with the doctor coming around the corner, <gasps> which we will talk about in a little while, second, but we're not going to... Is it second or seventh or fourth? It's somewhere in there. There's whatever Sunday falls in there. Yeah. It's sometime in October. <gasps> sometime next... Sometime in October. It so makes my nerdy heart. Yes. Happen. So we'll talk about that later. Talking of more nerdy stuff. And yes. one of the things I was a big fan of uh, last year yes. that uh, everybody's least favorite wrestling company did, mm-hmm. uh, they did the May Young Classic, mm-hmm. which was an all-female tournament. Mm-hmm. And it had some folks in it that both you and I grew to... Oh, uh, yes. Like Jazzy. Yes. Piper. Yes. Uh, Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. Kimberly. Kimberly, yep. Uh, Mrs. Wrestling, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they are doing. They did another one. They've done another one. And this kind of goes back to what happened a couple of months ago with the British tournament. Mm-hmm. They recorded it so far out in advance. Everybody knew. Everybody happened. knows what the results yeah. are, which doesn't give you a point to watch it. But there's a part of me that was so happy and so angry at the same time mm-hmm. as... Um, anyway, so the new tournament that's coming out, right? We've mm-hmm. already had, you know, Flash Morgan... Mm-hmm. Welsh. Now we got Tegan Knox, who is from the same hometown as my grandparents are. Like I've I've wandered the streets where she has. Ooh. 
And I know that sounds really, really weird, but you got to understand, with the exception of the Manic Street Preachers, nobody came out of that area of the world. Right. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, considering they got the right numbers of fingers and toes. Um, <laughs> but the, the, bit, the, the, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because the tournament results are now known. Mm-hmm. And number one, it doesn't give me an incentive to watch. Right. Because, you know, the spoilers are out there. Mm-hmm. And it would be different as it will just ignore the spoilers. But it, it's like, um, it's okay, it's like um, back in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Empire drops. Right. And uh, Fox and um, Lucasfilm go, you'll never guess that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. You know, oh, spoiler. Um, you know, but uh, that's kind of what they did here. And I guess the reason they had to do it was because Tegan suffered a really, really bad injury. Yeah, she got a boo-boo. She, from my understanding, she broke her kneecap. Mm-hmm. And through, her leg through her through her skin, didn't it? I think so. I'm not entirely sure, but um, you know, we hear best wishes to everybody and everything like yes. that. But she is our new. She's my new hero. It's a bad mother, Gemma. Yes, she is. Out. Yes, she is. So that is basically our ranting and raving done for right now. Um, we've we and actually this also ties into the beginning. Yes, it does. Um, we do simply because our sarcastic senior will now be where she's going. Yep, she's will be uh, where they film all that stuff. That's, that's right. Yeah, our sarcastic senior is uh, going to Full Sail University. Yes. So I feel old. <laughs> I feel ancient. But now she can call and give you spoilers. Yeah, she can, yeah she can give me spoilers because you know she works there. But uh, <laughs> but well, no, um, there'll be NDA. There we go. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. That's okay. She she can keep a secret. She should bring you tickets. Yeah, that will be fine. Okay. Consider that a donation, as it were. Ah, speaking of donations. Speaking of donations. Okay, we've got one more thing to talk about before we actually get started yes. in the meat and potatoes. Uh, we are about to launch two things that yep. we're just getting the last minute touches together. Um we are uh, starting our own Because Maybe podcast store where you can buy some T-shirts, stickers, and just junk. Um, yeah. We're doing it for a bit of fun. You know, we're not, it's, it's, it's something I've always wanted to do and say that I've done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are also launching our own Patreon page. Uh, simply put, a lot of the delays that we've had over the last couple of months have been because of interference with certain things. Yes. And it's just, you know, we're not begging. But, you know, if you like well, what no. we do, throw us a dollar. Just once a month. And we'll uh, gladly up our production value, up our research value, and, you know, everything that we need to make this thing better. And it's, you know, there's stuff in it for you, too. Yeah. For you, the listener. For you, the listener. For you, the wonderful, awesome listener. We're putting together packages that are, you know, we even have packages available where you get to come um, spit the the jams with us. Yeah. Or it could be us, as in the royal we is in myself, or it, or... I mean, you could join with me and Greg because Greg yeah. can be joining us this season yeah. too. Um, I'm going to try and get Molly back on. Uh, yep. Our sarcastic senior is going to be joining us for a couple of episodes as well. So yeah. you know, so you have you know you have a plethora of personality to choose from. Yes, but all of that will be coming soon, and we yes. will uh, update you when it happens. It'll probably be around episode three mm-hmm. by the time we've finally ironed out all the information. So just keep your eye out on that. Where yes. can you keep your eye out on that? Well. Social media, of course, social media. Everything's on social media now this time. I'm surprised our fridge isn't on social media. They have, um, they have fridges on social media. Oh, my word. <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing more... more um, <laughs> your router in your fridge. Right. The, so it can email you when your milk's going back. Literally. It can text you about your milk. Social media is as bad as Skyrim, just showing up on every format available. Yeah. I'm waiting for the uh, Spectrum Skyrim myself, but... Uh, mm-hmm. 
Guys, if you're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr, look up Because Maybe Pod. We have a blog that I write badly and she edits at becausemaybepodcast.wordpress.com. And we have, obviously, the YouTube channel. Go search Because Maybe Podcast on YouTube. We are right there and we yes. are available. You can listen to sample episodes. You can listen to full episodes. Um, mm-hmm. Some things that we'll put in there. We're uh, going to be doing extra episodes. And, of course, the brand new Right Here, Right Now series. <laughs> So like I said, we've got a lot of things. Again, it's taken us a while to get everything together, but we now are ready to rock and roll and do what we need to do. Absolutely. So talking of rock and roll, we will be back momentarily as we talk about one of the greatest albums released of the 90s. Yay. See you in a bit. Review Corner. So. Yes. Here we are. Yes. October the 2nd, 1995. The mm-hmm. release date of one of the most critically acclaimed albums in British music history. Now, we touched briefly on it in the Britpop episode. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go more in depth on it today. Uh, the reason why is I wanted to correct some things about the Britpop episode number one. And number okay. two, you know, it's... Even though I, we, we had a glance at it, it is highly more interesting than that glance gave. And especially the overhype and the overplaying of it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, for those of you who like, you know, information and numbers and stuff like mm-hmm. that, uh, it reached number four on the Billboard Top 100 Albums. And UK album charts was number one, straight up. Right. Sold between 17.6 and 22 million albums. Now, that number is disputed. Uh, Most of the record books say 22 million, but some uh, genius says it's 17.6. But either way, that's still a huge amount of... It's more than most will sell. Yeah. And that's just one album. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was produced by Noel Gallagher and Owen Morris. Yes. Uh, For those uh, label nerds, it is a Creation Records or Sony Records production. Mm -hmm. And it is in the genre, as we mentioned, of Britpop. Yes. So, why or how did this album come about? Well, they were contractually obliged to make six. This is album number two. Right. Uh, no. Uh, Definitely Maybe hit a, uh, was the debut album. If you haven't listened to our review on Definitely Maybe, go listen to it. Uh, Definitely Maybe was just a phenomenal album. Probably, oh, yeah. Probably Oasis' best work, aside from The Masterplan. Hmm. But The Masterplan was B-side, so it doesn't really count. Um, but the band didn't even did, almost didn't make it this far. I mean, their first American tour just... Almost tore them apart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was... Um, horrible. Horrible. Uh, th- they got so stoned one night. We did get talked tonight out of it, though. We got talked tonight and half the world away. Yes. And I think the head shrinker, too, but I'm yes. not sure. But, um, you know, I mean, you could tell the relationship was bad. I mean, they released a bootleg of the guys arguing. Which I have. Yes, she does have. Yeah, I've got Wibbling Rivalry. On CD. Uh, 
No, I've got no. I've got the an original vinyl press. Ooh, there you yes. Go. See, some things I still keep hidden from my husband. Yes, I know. Because <laughs> I'd have worn it out by now. Uh, right. No, but um, that tour was so bad that when the next tour, um, the '98 tour, came out, like I made sure to buy the first show of that tour. <laughs> I got tickets for the first show, which was. An adventure up the East Coast, and well, that's another story for another day. But yes, yes. Um, during this time, the band was having tension not just with the Gallagher brothers, but with uh, drummer Tony McCarroll. Yes. Um, needless to say, the guys didn't like him that much, I like at all. Um, if you ever get a chance to read a book called uh, "Getting High: Life on the Road with Oasis," Pablo by, Hewitt by Pablo Hewitt. Yes. Um, there is a whole chapter dedicated to their relationship with McCarroll. Yeah, wasn't well, that great? Uh, McCarroll thought that they were just, you know, being banterous with him the whole time, but their insults were generally meant to be insults. Yeah. You know, so they, they hated him. And basically, between um, the recording sessions they did in January, where they recorded a couple of songs, uh, some might say "Aqueous," the Head Shrinker, and "It's Good to Be Free." Mm-hmm. I think it was good. No, it wasn't good to be free. But um, it was actually "Aqueous," the Head Shrinker, and um, some might say Mount "Yes." Uh, that was McCarroll's last session. Mm-hmm. And he was let go the week after some might say was released mm. as a single. Um, also, they were having problems with uh, Glastonbury. Right. Oasis and Glastonbury have never mixed, which Mm-mm. is weird because Oasis were the biggest band of that era, yet they could never get it right at the biggest festival of the era. Yeah. I mean, and, and to be fair, I get why they didn't get it right. They had just hired Alan White. Right. So he basically, you know. He didn't have time to gel. Yeah. He didn't have time to gel, even though he's a phenomenal drummer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark Coyle, who was the uh, sound engineer, mm-hmm. live sound engineer, was having hearing difficulties. Right. And trust me when I say that when you're doing a live sound, you, you have need to your have, ears. Yeah, you need your ears perfectly. I mean, I've heard horror stories about guys whose ears were so bad that they didn't even realize there was no bass playing through the uh, amplifiers. Ooh. Yeah. So, you know, it's... Ugh. So, McCarroll was, ba- was fired, sued the band for unpaid royalties. As one does. Um, but he was replaced by Alan White, um, brother of British drumming legend Steve White, mm-hmm. and kind of had an interesting kind of role in how, you know, it's kind of like a spider web, right? All parts met each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, at 15, White auditioned for Game Archer's band. Right. Who would later replace Bonehead. Right. Uh, when Noel heard him for the first time, he was drumming for Ida. Right. Who was Andy Bell's fiance at the time? Yeah. Who was also a future bandmate. That six degrees of separation will bite you in the butt. Especially with Creation Records, too. I know, right? They're almost inbred. <laughs> Creation Records is basically a super group. Yes. In, in waiting. Um, as I mentioned, the album was produced by Noel Gallagher and Owen Morris, who used the brick walling method. You know, which is basically lots of compression, lots of loudness, and getting everything up to the red line. No, well, yeah, there. I mean, he Noel said himself, he just, he wanted to spectre it. Oh, that yeah. was his version of the wall of sound. So, yeah. Was it, um, uh, uh, Morris would go to Liam Gallagher, you're John Lennon, and Gallagher would reply, you're spectre, or something Yeah, like something, that. yeah, something along those lines, yeah. Uh, and to be fair, the old Morris did have, did, that, that sound is, is brilliant, you know, I, I love that. I use that when I do my own mixing. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't an Oasis album without legal problems regarding of some of the songs. Uh, last album, it was The Shaker Maker. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, was, I like to buy the world of Coke. Yeah. Well, this time, it was two tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hello, 
Yes. And Step Out, which was pulled from the album because of it. Um, because Stevie Wonder wanted more than the 10% that Noel Gallagher was offering him. Right. So, you know. Um, again, the Gallagher brothers fought the whole time during the recording, which is not unusual. And that fighting, plus the partying, plus the drugs... And the it's drinking. not really a, a healthy uh, lifestyle. So, no, because that that almost killed Gwigsy. Well, yeah, poor Gwigs. Gwigsy, the bass player for the band, was you Paul know Paul McGuigan. Yes, Paul McGuigan is the most laid back, chilled person you've ever heard of in your life. Really, this dude just wants his bass, a packet of Rolos, his cigarettes, and his weed, Honestly, and he's he good. At the time. At the time. And he just had a severe bout of nervous exhaustion. And to the point where he left for well, a few Yeah, months. I mean, okay, but think about it, though. You're stuck in a moving caravan with these loud buttheads. Yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm having to watch my language on this one. Oh, no, no, no. I, I've got... I can, <clears throat> I can still bleep. Okay, right, <laughs> right. He's got the power. But no, seriously, so you're rolling around with these right? Yep. And it's just all day, every day. And if that's... You know, if, if you're sort of a sensitive person to begin with, and then all you hear is just bitch, 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 bitch. I mean, and then, you know, it's like being stuck and it's like perpetually being the kid in a, in a marriage that's about to erupt any moment. And, you know, well, you know, did, well, did you hear what this person said? Did you hear what that person said? And you just hear mom and dad gripe and bitch and moan and complain for years. Yeah. You, you freaking go nuts. You got to get out. Do your thing. And that probably explains why he left not long after Bono had left, you know. Well, yeah. You, you couldn't imagine. You know, it's like there were two layers of that band. There was Liam and Noel and Bono and Wigsy, you know. And you couldn't imagine one pairing without the other. Right. And so, Whitey yeah. was was always with Liam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't so, his uh, drinks tester yes. or something like that? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, we're going to go track by track here in a minute, but just so people know, uh, uh-huh. basically... This album was Liam Gallagher, Noel Gallagher, Paul Arthurs, Paul McGuigan, and Alan White. Right. Interesting if Wigsy didn't play on Wonderwall. Hmm. His, his bass lines were overdubbed, and I can kind of understand why. Because mm-hmm. as much as I love Wigsy the person, he wasn't the greatest of bass players. And, I mean, in the times he was replaced... I'm not just talking about when Andy Bell right. took a spot. Um, just like the performance on Letterman where they did Morning Glory. Right. Bornhead's bass playing is far superior. Well, I mean... But Bornhead is a multi-talented musician. So, right. You know. I, I can't really comment on that one because I'm not a, a bass connoisseur. And I don't say that to be, you know... No, I understand that. I mean, if you don't know, like... If you're not a musician who who pays attention to the rhythm section, you're not... Unless somebody just really just screws up. Yeah, that's true. You're, you're not gonna You're not going to catch it. So... Yeah. Well, I've been hanging around with a lot of bass players. Yes, you have. So, um, <laughs> Hello, Greg. Uh, right. Um, also, interestingly, has uh, Paul Weller on yes. the album. He plays on two tracks. Yes. And uh, obviously, Tony McCarroll plays on two tracks mm-hmm. because we're going to be talking about more than just the 12 tracks on the album, which we'll come to here in a minute. So, let's go through everything. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. Hello. Hi. <laughs> now, we're going to preface every track on the album with uh, who sang it, because now, yes. all the songs were written by Noel Gallagher. Right. But Liam did... Well, Liam's the lead singer. Liam is, is the singer in the band. He doesn't play an instrument. So, Liam sings... Hello. He played tambourine. He played tambourine. He's one of the best tambourine players ever. Damn skippy. Uh, now he plays um, maracas. Yes. So, I think that actually looks cooler. He still does some tambourine, though. There's always some person in the crowd wanting a tambourine still better than scissors though uh, 
Hey, I think that if you can become a professional scissors player to the point to where people hire you to go on tour with them to play freaking scissors, you know what? You do that. I think he's making a play tambourine now. Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> you just take that ish and you run with it. God bless you, Charlotte. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry. So, hello. So, hello starts off the album. Yes. Um, aside from its name, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a really, really good opening track. Uh, and the reason I say aside from its name is because you couldn't put hello, have your berry track number six in the album it's no gotta, no it's yeah, gotta be the first it's one. gotta be the first track and it does kick off and it's you instantly can tell that the band are a little bit more polished yeah they've grown a bit because with all due respect again all due respect to Tony McCarroll Tony McCarroll was a very very good punk drummer but he wasn't nuanced whereas Alan White was a was a jazz and R&B drummer right who, who knew how to play rock music so that opening drum beat Tony McCarroll could not have pulled that off just the first roll well, that and the fact that, I mean, at this point, they've traveled the world. They're not still sitting in that same little rehearsal space on the boardwalk in Manchester anymore. True. You know, I mean, they've gone out and they've done, you know, stuff. And so, they, they of course, they're getting more polished. Yeah. I don't mean, and, and, but, but when you get to that thing, see, McCarroll's drumming was okay for the boardwalk in Manchester. And it was okay for those, you know, little clubs around town. I mean, he is the Pete Best of Oasis. And, and Pete Best was okay for the cavern. Yeah, that's true. That, for a that, time, that, that is true for for to a point. I, I personally, I don't think Alan White could have pulled off. Definitely, maybe. And what I mean by that is, is well, that he's too polished. Exactly, it needed to be he's raw. Too, he's too intricate. Whereas, definitely, maybe he was right. too raw. You know, um, I think, and I, I mentioned this before. I think Alan White was one of the reasons why Oasis's music got stale mm-hmm. because of his drumming technique. Uh, it's no coincidence that you know. Album three dropped off. Album four dropped off. Album five dropped off. And when they replaced him with uh, Zach Starkey, right, who was, I guess, a good hybrid between Alan White and, and Tony McCarroll, he could mm-hmm. do the the roles and he could do the basic stomping, and that's when their music picked up again, because those right. three middle albums Oasis did are not dreadful, but compared to the first two and the last two, they're kind of, eh. Even though I know you've got a huge soft spot for standing on the shoulder of giants. Yes, I do. So, um, but, uh... But again, drums are like... Ri- drums are drums rhythm like set. Yes. yes. So, That's I true. mean, if... Unless you're you're the person who watches out for that. I mean, I'm not going to notice it unless they just really screw up. So, right. Well, this, this track kind of has a sample of a guitar riff that nobody has a clue what it is yet because it hadn't been released and hadn't really been played loud. Live, excuse me. But, um... This uses what I call echo vocals. Right. Um, you hear it on um, Roll With It too, Mm-hmm. And one of the few tracks on the album that has more than one verse. Hmm. Now, we, we, when, I first, when I first wrote that down, I was like, really? But yeah, Hello actually has two verses. Hmm. Not all the songs on the album have two verses. In fact, Don't Look Back in Anger, Hello, Hey Now... Some might say, she's electric, and champagne supernova. Everything else only has one verse. Really? Cast no shadow. Cast no shadow was one verse. Here's stuff for every man who tries to understand. Okay, I'll be darned. And in two of those songs, uh, in Hey Now and Champagne Supernova, they have two verses but repeat one of the verses twice. I'll be damned. See, that's that's re- that's called research, kids. <laughs> Wikipedia is my friend. 
Uh, the song ends with loud kind of wah-wah guitars based off of uh, Gary Glitter's Hello, Hello, I'm Back Again, which mm-hmm. is one of the legal problems that they had. And I think I, I like the way that they distorted the It's Good to Be Back part. Right. Because, you know, for those of you who don't know, who didn't listen to our Celebrity Justice episode, Gary Glitter is a big old pervert. Yeah, but they, this wasn't known then. No, 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 no. But what I mean is it's hard to listen to. Right. You know, I mean, I, I have a hard time listening to that. I can't listen to Lost Profits. I can't watch Chris Benoit wrestling match. You, you know. Yeah, we're a little weird here. Yeah. So it's 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 you know what what what, what people have done. I, I can't like even now with the, with the whole Me Too stuff. I have a hard time watching a Kevin Spacey movie. Right. One of my favorite films is The Negotiator. I really want to watch it, but there's a part of me going, "That's Kevin Spacey." You know. Right. So we move on. Yes. Once again, Liam uh, Liam is singing, and it's Oasis' entry in the Battle of Britpop. In my opinion, the weakest song on the album. Mm. Roll with it. What are your thoughts on this barn-busting anthem <laughs> that is just one verse, one chorus with echoed vocals? I mean, it's okay. It's not my favorite on the album. But, I mean, it doesn't, like, just suck. So No, no it doesn't suck, but, again, as we'll talk about later on, some of the songs that were released during that era and this made it on the album, you know, it's... Uh, well, yeah, but you have to... Okay, stop for a second. Right now, you're looking at this through the lens of a 30-some-odd-aged person who has had this on your, you know, in your music repertoire forever, okay? Now stop. Put yourself back, all right? I first... You know, Oasis first got on my uh, radar, goodness, well, with the Wonderwall video. Um, and so, let's see here. What was the official release date again? April? I mean, uh, sorry, October The album was on October 9, it was on October 95, and right. Wonderwall came out, I think. 96. Right. No, Wonderwall actually came out either the week before or the week after the album. Okay, well, let's just say for poops and giggles here in the States, it didn't fall on my radar. Okay. That's fair Until enough. Until 96, okay? All right, so, you're looking at this 96, I was 15 yes okay so 12 so yes um all right yes i'm mrs robinson whatever so um but seriously though okay so as a 15 year old right you know you you know you gotta say what you say don't let any get in your way i mean that was like anthemic yeah, and it's it's look. Don't get me wrong. I don't think I, I I don't think it's a bad song. Well, no, but I mean, but parts of it are gonna sound repetitious and juvenile to you now. Well, e- even then, though, I mean, you know, there's a guy I went to school with who, who you know, who was a big big music fan, uh, a guy called Matt, uh-huh. and you know, he would play Oasis music. He played mm-hmm. Travis. He played uh, Cast and, mm-hmm. and and all the bands that were really really big, the Charlton, so on and so forth, and. He'd play role with it even then, and it, there was just something about it that I didn't quite get. Well, I, I mean, you, you just you gotta. It's one of those where, I mean, is it is it the greatest song in the world? No. Is it greatest song in the album? No. But it it's, was what it was. Well, it was what it was. But it's you know you're you're either it either inspires you or it doesn't. Yeah, it's it's Marmite. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the Marmite slash Nutella of the world. It's either (laughs) you're either like woohoo, or or you're like it's the Jaffa cakes of the world. Leave my Jaffa cakes out of this. See, (laughs) Uh, but no, I mean, it. You know, it was. 
Oasis is one of Oasis top. You know, it was a, one of their biggest songs. Yes. Um, a lot of fans like it. It's yes. you know, again, it's personal opinion. I mean, we all have personal opinions on certain songs and certain feelings. Um, but it's just for me, even looking, even even okay, even getting the master plan in '98, mm-hmm. which was released just three years after it, and I was 14 right. at the time. And you listen to Rockin' Chair. You listen to Aqueous. You right. listen to the stuff that he wrote, but, you know, he, he left off the album for the previous album, like Listen Up. Um, the Head Shrinker. Right. But, I mean, Roll, they, roll With It is Morning Glory's uh, rock and roll star. It is the it is the Liam Swagger song of the yes. album. Yes. It is the one where he can come out and he can strut and stare at the and audience. stare at the audience and do the the hand behind the back sort of squat thing, and and you know and shake his tambourine and sneer and spit at people. This is yeah. this is Liam's, you know, this is Liam's spotlight it for the, the album. The, the song is the embodiment embodiment yes. of of his persona. All right, yes. I, I, I can go with that. I, I can get down with that. So so taking that as what that is. I mean, that's that that that's. So that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So we move on yes. to the song on the album. If you are a fan of memes, you probably know this song. If you've ever if you've watched ever, a British sporting event, if you ever watched a British sporting event, you've heard this song. If, if you've, you've ever turned the on the Olympics. radio in the nineties, you've heard this song. <laughs> Wonderwall. Yes. Oh God. Okay. Said maybe. Right. Yeah, because maybe. Um, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the name came from. Yeah. This song does have some interesting background to it. Mm. Okay. It was originally supposed to be sung by Noel Gallagher. Yes. Um, until he wrote Don't Look Back in Anger and presented the pair of them to Liam and said, pick one. Because right. I'm singing the other. Um, as far as a pure raw song goes, it is definitely, it's either Liam's best or second best musical performance on the album. Mm-hmm. It's either this or Cast No Shadow. Mm-hmm. He, as much as he hates singing with the band acoustically, mm-hmm. he does really, really good singing acoustic songs. Right. You know, um, and it was the first Oasis song to be fully acoustic. You know, no other song had, be, had, had been that way up until that part. Um, it is Oasis' most recognizable song. It, it is. It is the song that everybody knows, everybody thinks of. When they think of the Gallagher brothers, right? But did you know that it never hit number one in any part of the world? Jesus, really? Yeah, never wasn't a number one single, and even peep this, it wasn't even their biggest selling single. Really? Now, now I know over over in the states, you know, you judge on radio play, which is you know, which is one thing, but. Morning Glory, uh, sorry, Wonderwall did not hit number one, like I mentioned, and did not sell more than uh, 500,000 copies. Now, judging from inflation and blah, 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 and uh, and times changing, 500,000 copies sounds like a lot, but back then, I mean, you got to understand, it was 350,000 copies for all of it. Right. And Don't Look Back in Anger, which was released a couple of months later. Well, yeah, this is before, I mean, now 500,000 copies, I mean, that's just, you, you've made it. That's it. Yeah. But back then, kids, remember, this is pre-YouTube, pre-Napster. Yeah, this is pre-internet. Yeah. You know, I mean. Jesus, freaking old. I know, but I mean, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Uh, but not th- MP3s did not exist. No, I don't think MP1s existed at that point. Uh uh-uh. uh Um, but yeah, it was it was it was MIDI, bitch. Right. It was severely <laughs> overplayed, though. I mean, to the point of parody. Well, I mean, okay, so if you look at Wonderwall, okay, back up. If Roll with It, okay, right, was Morning Glory's Rock and Roll Star. Wonderwall would be Morning Glory Slide Away. Yeah, let's flesh up. Simply because, and not because it sounds like, not because it sounds alike, but simply because of where it came from, where yeah. where the spirit in which it was written. Right. Um. Which is ironic because uh, Slide Away was actually written. Um, for a girlfriend of Mr. Gallagher. Yep. Whereas Wonderwall was not. Wonderwall was written about his imaginary friend. Hmm. Uh, Miss Meg didn't know that until after. Yeah. Because if you know, if you write something that sounds like a love song, you're going to say it's a love song when you're asked about it with your girlfriend next to you. Yes. Yeah. Which we will touch on on next week's blog. Yes. So, but I mean, it's it again. It's the most recognizable tune and. Yeah, we're going to get into the social media question that we asked about this episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the responses are conclusive. And pretty much all say the same thing, is that Wonderwall was overplayed. And it is overplayed. I mean, even now, I mean, Noel Gallagher plays it at his shows out of, you know, out of duty, I guess. Uh, Liam doesn't play it at all. Uh, the last three Oasis tours didn't they didn't perform it and it wasn't like the whole Radiohead I hate this song we're never going to perform it again deuces people it was more along the lines of Wonderwall again (laughs) you know right they they basically took Wonderwall away to put the shine on the rest of the songs right but Wonderwall is the one song where he doesn't have to sing it well there's another one there is another one and we'll get to that here in just a second but yeah the thing about the thing I like about Wonderwall, don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't dislike the song. I think it right. is very, very well arranged, mm-hmm. well produced. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are good, and the singing is fantastic. Right. But to quote Rodney Carrington, after ten thousand red M and M's, you just want a green one every now and then. <laughs> yes. But I mean, like I said, I don't think it's a bad song. I just think it's well, no. But look at all the ones that it's. Um... I mean, Boulevard of Broken Dreams is yep. from Green Day is a direct riff off of Wonderwall. R- Riding to Reach You by Travis too. Yes. Um, I guess my, th- my I guess my own personal thought on Wonderwall is this. I mean, hell, even do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so. I think well, even some of the uh, choruses Noel writes now has got that same chord yeah. sequence. Yeah. It's just, in in my opinion. Hmm. For as wildly popular as this song is, right. you ask an Oasis fan. Right. I'm not talking about a casual fan or a diehard fan, just a guy who identifies themselves as an Oasis fan. Right. And eight out of ten of them will not put Wonderwall in that top five. And four out of ten won't put it in the top ten of Oasis songs. Well, I mean, I do because it, it has a soft spot. Yeah. I mean... It, it, I mean, because, I mean, that was the song, you know, I'm leaning down. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that was a song. I mean, I'm leaning down doing my homework, and then it, I hear it in the background, and it's like, wow. 
You know, like, this is different. Of course, I was a big Beatles head, too. So I hear the, the thing, and I look up, and they've got the Beatle haircuts. And then, you know, then I'm like, oh. The video's kind of so, kooky, too. Yes. And it was very Hard Day's Night-ish. Yeah. And and so, um, and then I thought, and then they were British. Well. Yeah. And I was 15, and I was smitten. <laughs> so there you go. So. I was sold. There you go. That's, that's the thing. Sarah, Oasis is responsible for my import. Uh, so we go to the Yang to Wonderwall's Ying, I guess we could say. Mm-hmm. And don't look back in anger. Yes. Now another song I will openly admit that has been overhyped and overplayed. Mm. I just for some reason for me, I can't I, I can't get tired of listening to this song. This is my this is my favorite song of all time. Um, written written and sung by Noel Gallagher, mm-hmm. and heavily influenced by Imagine. And all the young dudes. This was kind of his Noel's homage to both of those songs, right? Yeah, you know, "Revolution Off My Bed," the the chorus line, and so on and so forth. Um, it was their second number one single, mm-hmm. and to date, to that date, was the highest selling. See, Wonderwall sold something like five hundred thousand, as I mentioned. Right. Don't look back in anger. Sold seven hundred and fifty to one point two million. This this is another one that, I mean, this holds a special place in my heart for other reasons. Yeah. Um, my brother, I have a brother who is 12 years younger than me, and my brother is autistic. Mm-hmm. And I actually, um, we actually used to, this is, he learned to talk and to communicate based on this song like he we would um of course he could say simple words here and that or whatever but his first uh love of music or whatnot is from this song because we would sit together and then you know we'd do the so sally could wait and (laughs) then you know he would do a line and i would do a line and you know but at the time he was goodness 96 I mean yeah anyway of course he was autistic so he was older but um so this song um I'm gonna get a little weepy this song has a very 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 special place in my heart uh cause it's just awesome it, it, it is just awesome and you know whole power of music and whatever I think it's everybody has their own interpretations about every song, mm-hmm. and everybody with Oasis songs they're not that deep. Mm-hmm. They're deep enough to where there can be an interpretation, but the interpretation is right. always up to the listener. Right. And you know, again, like you, this song holds a special place in my heart. But for the life of anybody, I can't say why. I, I don't know why. I don't know why I love this song so much. Uh, the lyrics are not. You know, the lyrics are all right. Right. The tune is good. The guitar solo's all right. All right. I guess it's just the release of the, the anthematic chorus. Yeah. I mean, don't look back in anger, and, you know, I'm plugging the blog, but um, it's a modern-day hymn, it for is. lack of a better term. And, and not, not in a religious kind of way, but in the style, for anybody who has a conniption fit. All right. Um, you know, it was uh, after the, the Ariana Grande bombing. In Manchester, in Manchester yeah. last year. Um, they were doing a memorial service. 
and they asked for like a moment of silence and the crowd just spontaneously started singing don't look back in anger mm-hmm. because the the people the, the the kids who were there the parents you know with from Britpop's generation they were the 20 year olds during mm-hmm. the Britpop era and this song embodied how they felt at the time oh yeah and then you had the, the Grenfell Tower mm-hmm. and again the song came up and then after a football match uh, before a football match the song got I mean, the song got performed by the French Royal Guard, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing is only reserved for national anthems. Yeah, you know, um, it's just that that whole release. Yes, you know, um, and Oasis fans finally got their wish twenty years later uh, at Glastonbury when Liam Gallagher sang it. Yes, and and also another fun tidbit. Here's a piece of trivia um, that I noticed is not on your handy dandy trivia sheet right here. <laughs> Um, if anyone wants to uh, watch the video, go on YouTube and look up the official video. And, so right? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, if Wonderwall was supposed to be a hard day's night, um, Don't Look Back in Anger was supposed to be help. Yeah. Um, Definitely. But if you watch the video and pay attention, it's the last video before Noel got his teeth fixed and he actually has a <laughs> pop-in implant to cover his gap um, huh. on the video. He actually popped... There's a little thing that he popped in. Um, but this is the last one before he got his teeth fixed. Interesting. So, yes. Huh. It's also where Whitey met his wife. Which is very Harrison Boyd from... Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not. Mm-hmm. Um, this song, however, in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for what it's worth... Um, while Noel is associated with... While Noel wrote Wonderwall and Don't Look Back in Anger, mm-hmm. and they will always be kind of symbiotic with each other, because you, you can't have one without the other, and they will always be compared to each other. Mm-hmm. While Noel wrote both songs for Oasis, Wonderwall is an Oasis song, Don't Look Back in Anger is an old Gallagher song. Mm. Is, is that fair to say? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, you know... If you've never listened to the song, why are you listening to this podcast? Uh, <laughs> if you've never heard the song, my advice is go to YouTube and type in Don't Look Back in Anger Japan and you'll see Noel Gallagher. Oh, yeah. Uh, the drummer, I think it was Chris Terry, Terry Kirkbride, and mm-hmm. Game Archer in a studio with what looks like lightsaber lamps <laughs> and lots of like chandeliers and stuff. It's it's Right. It's crazy looking, but it's a dang good version. Yes. Dang good version. So, um, we moved to Hey Now. Mm-hmm. Never been played live. Out of all the huh. Oasis songs, never played live, which is unusual. You know, because you spend all that time making a record. And right. you don't play any of the songs live. It just, to me, it doesn't... Now, there, there could be some circumstances why you can't play it live. But there was no reason why this song should never have been played live. I mean, this one, it's it's okay. I mean... It's the... It's, it's the palate cleanser. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. have these two big anthematic songs. It's a sniff songs. of coffee before you go on to the next one. Yeah. I mean, look, lyrically, one of Noel's best yes. written lyrics, but the music on there is just so dreary. Well, you also... That's... Okay, yes, but you have to remember, he was still very entrenched in his Dr. Seuss period. During, during this era. True, true. I just, this one is less... Is, is not the least Dr. Seuss on the album, but it's definitely... 
it seems like he took his time with the lyrics. A little, oh, little, no, little. no, no. He actually, yeah, no, he, he, he was... No, but, I mean, but it is very good lyrically, which is why it, it stands out more above the rest, because he was still very much in his Dr. Seuss yeah. lyric phase, and so... You know, that, that makes it stand out, you know, even more, basically. It was the first Oasis song that wasn't entirely positive. And and what, what I mean by that is not, you know... I mean, it wasn't mopey. No, but I mean, Wonderwall, you know, you're going to be the one who saves me. Don't look back in anger. Right. You got to roll with it. And then, feel no shame. It, it's more it's more like a, a statement than a message. Right. You know, and... I like it. I personally like it. I think it's a good song. It is a good song. And, you know, it's it's just, again, it's weird that they never played it live. Considering the fact that they played the Swamp Song live. Ugh. Many times. Um, okay, this song, for those of you who own the record, this is the instrumental. Um, it was originally released as a B-side <gasps> to Wonderwall. Um, the full-length version of the song. The full-length version of the song is pretty good. It's just these little snippets in between. Mm. Um... That's Noel trying to be Paul Weller. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Paul Weller Wildwood album, which is a really, really good album, there's mm-hmm. uh, he has actually three instrumentals on that album. Instrumental number one, part one, part two, and instrumental number two. And it just... He broke it up, and it just... I don't know. It just seemed... It seemed out of place. Okay. Uh, so, instrumentals aren't completely... I, I'm not opposed to instrumentals. No. Um, you know, Fucking in the Bushes was good. Yeah. Toyota Walkin' was good. Quick Peep is brilliant, in my opinion. Right. Um, do you know how long it took me to be able to pronounce Toyota Walkin'? I still can't. Theo ah. Theo uh. <laughs> So, yes, pick up the uh, the X-Files soundtrack um, for Toyota Walkin' by Noel. Or if you're an Ian Brown fan, it's uh, the basis of the song... Give What You Got? Get, uh, keep Get, What You Got. Keep What You Got, yeah. Anyway, um, but... Uh, yeah, so it's not that I'm diametrically opposed to instrumentals. I mean, they're not my favorite, but, you know, I can jam. And it's not that I, you know, don't like null instrumentals. But Swamp Song? I think, I mean, well, first off, it sort of makes me bristle being from Louisiana. If somebody wants to pop up with something named Swamp. Um, <laughs> so it already makes me go, really? Okay. But, um, no, <laughs> but, but I think it, it's because of the way that it's sort of like, you can't even really get into it. Like it fades, it fades in, they jam for a minute, it goes away. Yeah. And then it comes back up. So it's sort of like, you know, it's, it's like a bathroom break. That's, that's a good way of putting it. Um, the reason it's called a swamp song is because Noel just gave it a random name mm-hmm. simply because. I'm shocked. Uh, no, no, he was going to call it the jam. Mm, well, yeah. And then when up. Paul Weller showed up on the album, he thought it was cheesy. And when Noel Gallagher told Weller the story, Weller went, you did. Right. That would have been awesome. Right. <laughs> you know? So, um, but Paul Weller does actually play the harmonica on this yes. track and uh, guitar. Um, I don't know how I figured this out, but I can tell the difference between Noel and Paul Weller's guitar sounds that I know of course he's playing Um Interestingly enough, all the instruments were played in the studio, mm-hmm. except for the drums. Hmm. See, the reason Oasis were using the Swamp Song to start their gigs, you know, to kick off with an instrumental, mm-hmm. was because of Mark Cole's hearing. 
the only they couldn't get the sound checks right all the time, so they used the swamp song to kind of tighten it up to make sure everybody's yeah. was pulling on point on the board. Exactly. Gotcha. So Alan White's drumming from the Glastonbury show was so perfect that gotcha. they just overlaid it, which I th- I thought I thought was a good idea. Um, of course, by the end of the tour, they got a different sound engineer after Carly walked away, and then they just started walking out to it. Right. Which, you know, now they did to to in the bushes, but, you know, um, that's a different story for a different day. What kind of bush? <laughs> like those prickly things that would hurt. Well, no, it, <laughs> right? Sorry. A prickly pear. Um, okay, next. <laughs> Sorry. Just for the record, if you don't know, it's from a sample of a 1970s movie where an old lady yells, the kids have been running around, they've been f***ing in the bushes. Yes. So, uh, some might say, some <laughs> might say what? Um, Oasis' first number one single and the last recording of Tony McCarroll. Yes. The only song that they demoed, and because of the drumming style, it kind of stands out even more than Hey Now on the album. Mm-hmm. I like some might say. I love some might say. And the reason, remember, we had the discussion about Logan, right? The movie Logan. Mm-hmm. How I love the movie from the good guys, but there was no bad guys that worth they played up with the damn yeah. that they play off of. That was my one complaint. Mm-hmm. Some might say kind of reminds me of that. Uh, really? Uh, Logan reminds me. Of some might say, and what I mean by that is, this song is Noel Gallagher's songwriting in a complete one hundred percent nutshell. Slightly borrowed riff, epic chorus, some great lyrics, and then some of the most nonsensical lyrics you've ever heard in your life. Oh no, this one doesn't have his most nonsensical lyric. Which is? The sink is full of fishes, she's got dirty dishes on the brain. Yeah, it's the most... And my dog's been itching, itching in the kitchen once again. Mm. But it's also got his best lyric in my opinion. Yes. Some might say you don't believe in heaven. Well, go tell that to the man, man who lives, lives in, in hell. hell. I mean, that's just, to me, that's like, ooh. Now, to some people, it's cheesy, but I mean, it's still a good, a, a dang good lyric. Mm-hmm. It was their first number one single and the only song that they demoed. Yes. And Noel kind of regrets that they didn't do more, didn't make it sound more like the demo. Because even, even the guys in the band preferred the demo version to it. So what they should have done is they just should have had Liam's voice singing over it. Right. You know, but instead they re-recorded it and... You know, we have what we have. Um, good song. Yes. Again, another one of the Oasis classics. But they kind of stopped playing it, which, you know... Unlike, say, Wonderwall, which they were tired of playing because that's all they were getting noticed for. Right. Some might say deserved a little bit more lifespan on the tours, in my opinion. I agree. For what it's worth. Well, that's one of Liam's songs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. My... Second favorite song on the album. Mm-hmm. Cast No Shadow. Lyrically. Fantastic. Yes. Actually, you know what? I'll go even further. Musically, it's fantastic, too. Yes. Um, the Verve would not exist without this song. Well, the Verve did exist before well, this song. Okay, Urban Hymns would not exist Correct. without this song. I mean, it was written about... It was written about Richard Ashcroft. Right, but what I'm... Yes, but Urban Hymns and Bittersweet Symphony and all that good stuff... Was inspired by this, you think? I mean... Yeah, I can, I can actually see it. I can see it. I can I, I can definitely see it. Oh, okay. Okay. Urban L- Hymns L- would L- not... L- Urban Hymns would not 
exist in the masterpiece that it was. If it wasn't for this. If it wasn't for this song. Okay. Yeah, I can I can deal with that. Um The Cynic in me. Mm-hmm. Bear with me. <laughs> it's a big cynic, guys. Um it just lets you know. I don't think Oasis were planning on releasing Don't Look Back in Anger as a single. Ooh, Dem's fighting words. Oh, Wonderwall is a single. <laughs> and and the reason I say that is, mm-hmm. and I joke about this with Greg all the time, mm-hmm. especially considering the industry that we work in. Yes. Uh, we, uh, my 8 to 5, I work in marketing, right? Audio marketing. And last year, we were looking up new music for the Christmas and holiday time. Mm-hmm. And we were finding these songs that sounded like normal songs, but they were put in the Christmas category. Right. And the only difference between the normal version and the Christmas or holiday version... They put bells on it? They put sleigh bells on it. Yes. If you listen to Cast No Shadow, it's got sleigh bells on it. (laughs) Wonderwall was released around about that October-November time. So you're thinking Cast No Shadow was supposed to be a Christmas song? Or at least released around about that time. Really? So it was a Christmas chart designated... Yeah. A, ba- one- a battle of the... Yeah. But Wonderwall did so well, and oh, yeah. the Mike Flowers Pop version of Wonderwall did so well, <laughs> that they actually put back Don't Look Back in Anger. Don't Look Back in Anger was supposed to be released uh, either the end of December or mid-January, and it didn't right. come out until mid-February, because Wonderwall was still like in the top ten when about the release date. But that... I mean, that's that, that's my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. Uh, Liam's best vocal on the album... In my opinion, mm-hmm. um, very I don't think very sleigh bells. I think that he just had a different tambourine. I mean, I'll, I'll play it to you after we're done recording because I think it's sleigh bells personally, and I could be wrong. I, I usually am, uh, <laughs> but again, though, like a lot of the stuff that came before, it's just one verse, one chorus. Mm-hmm. And while Noel might have been going through his Doctor Seuss phase, he was coming out with these sh- these very very short songs. Right. And just playing them twice. And you listen to Roll With It, you listen to Wonderwall, Cast No Shadow, Morning Glory. It's hmm. just one verse, one chorus. Hmm. But uh, do you agree with the statement that this is an underrated classic? Yes. If you were not an Oasis fan, mm-hmm. or have not listened to this album, I right. recommend that if you listen to any Oasis song, you go slide away, don't look back in anger, and cast no shadow. Yes. Those will give you a taste of what they're about. You know, for what it's worth. Rocking chair. Rocking chair. Rocking chair too. We, we, I think we're talking about Angel child. Eh. Talk tonight. Talk tonight. Talk tonight. Um, Tenor in the back. Tenor for the lady in the black, right? <laughs> so we go from one of Noel's most somber, emotionally draining songs to She's Electric. Which, if you didn't think that uh, the video and the haircut from... Wonderwall and Don't Look Back in Anger were Beatlesque, and if this whole thing wasn't already a nod to the li- you know the the Liverpudlian gods of the '60s, this song right here was more Beatlemania than Beatlemania. <laughs> right? I mean, it's the intro. I mean, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just, okay, this is a dreadful song. Let's 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 be completely honest, right? But it's a it's it's, it's a, a good it's a happy go lucky song, but it's also very very dreadful. It's meant to be dreadful. It's the Digsy's dinner of Morning Glory. Yes. Track Oasis track nine has a habit of doing that. 
Anyway, uh, let's well, yeah, but there's a reoccurring theme. You know, there's yeah. a song like this. There's a song like this. Yeah, it's a formula. It's okay. It's not a bad song. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's like. Oh, it's fabulous! I adore it. Imagine Gordon Ramsay serving you a Big Mac. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's throwaway. The great thing about it, though, right? Oh no, it's not. No, 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 no. This is not a throwaway song. I will them fighting words. Away? Nope. I will. I, I will rain down upon you, have, you. You have the floor. No. It's it deserves its spot. It's. I mean, it it has earned it, it its spot. It's fabulous. It's tongue in cheek. Yeah, it is it, very very. It's very tongue in cheek. It's got it's got some of the most memorable one liners off the entire album. And that's the thing too. This was like this, she's Electric and Castle Shadow with the with the two tracks on the album that had a heavy use of metaphor. Yes. I mean, she's got one in the oven, but it's nothing to do with me. Mm-mm. Yeah. If you don't know what that means, you need to grow up a little bit. Yes. Uh, but no, and I mean, it, you know, it blatantly stole from from you and me. I've got you and you've got me. Yeah. I'll be you and you'll be me. Yeah. It's a good look. It's a good song. It's a happy go lucky song. It's one of those ones you put your arm around your, your friend at the pub and you dance around like an idiot. And yes. But again, I, you know, the whole me, the whole meal so far has been filling mignon, and now they're bringing you like an, an icy. No, they're not bringing you an icy. <laughs> they're bringing you a weird dessert that you're not sure you're gonna like. Yes. Okay. But that's when, actually that's actually a great metaphor. But but because it's it's it looks like it's too syrupy and too sweet. But then you bite it and you're like, ah, we can work with this. Yeah, we can work with it. It's it's one of those things that you don't know if you like it or dislike it, but you'll order it again. Yes. That's fair to say. Um, but and there's me- not a chick from that from that era that was not an Oasis head that you know didn't didn't bop around to it. Didn't bop around to it and and didn't you know didn't want to be electric a little bit. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just, it, it, it it gives mystique. It's it's a it's a mystique, <laughs> but it's it's. I guess it put pointed to the childish nature yes. of of your average a lad in the UK at the time, you know. But um, I don't dislike it, but it's 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 a little out of place in my opinion. So for what it's worth, again. well, I'm glad they didn't ask you. <laughs> if they'd asked me, the album would be much better, and we'll get to that at the end here in a minute. Uh huh. Um, mm-hmm. We go to the half title track. And I say half title track because it's called Morning Glory. Mm-hmm. Let, let me stop the uh, stop the press for just a minute mm-hmm. and just go on a slight rant about Noel Gallagher like that. Mm-hmm. For the last couple of albums mm-hmm. of Oasis, Stand on the Shoulder Giants, Heathen Chemistry, Don't Believe the Truth, and Dig Out Your Soul. Those weren't lyrics in any, you know, in, they weren't titles of any song. And Dig Out Your Soul was a lyric in a uh, Game Archer song, right? Mm-hmm. But when he does name his albums after songs that they release, he doesn't get, he either gives the, he gives the album and the title track different names, even though they reference each other. The, the song is called Morning Glory. The album is called What's the Story, Morning Glory. Even now, Noel Gallagher's most recent solo album is called Who Built the Moon? There is a track on there called The Man Who Built the Moon. And that just bugs me a little bit, you know. So, anyway, rant over. Uh, <laughs> Morning Glory, standalone single here in the United States and in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't tell, it is completely and utterly written about drugs. 
and cocaine in particular? The whole question of what's a story you want to glory? You know what that's in reference to, right? It's a uh, plant, isn't it? Well, no. Well, morning glory <laughs> is a plant. Um, there's or it's a rather large hard one first thing in the morning. Yeah, well, there's there's that too, but no. That's um, a direct quote from Liam and Bonnet, by the way. Right. No, it's actually a slang term when you ask someone when they have a cocaine hangover. Oh, I did not know that. So there you go. And it's also a line from a musical. <laughs> and and it's it's really, it's chafing my bits that I can't tell you the name of the musical because that's that's my wheelhouse. And guys, I'm drawing a blank. If you know... Yes. Send us send us a message on Twitter using the hashtag BMPod. And you will get a shout out. You'll get a shout out next week's episode. Um, Maybe. I'll Birdie. Get, um, if, if not next not week, the week Birdie, after. Somebody hit, hit me up. Yeah, what's the story of Glory? It's not Baba Birdie. I don't think. It might be. My brain is. Yeah. But no. It's it's from a, it's from a musical. But it also, um, it's, it's, it's checking on your buddy with their cocaine hangover. Which is probably the... the <laughs> The use that it came from. Well, here. and you know that that would be very, very typical of the, of the guys in the band. I mean, at that point, yes. At that at that point in time, when Oasis and the Verve met for the very, very first time, Columbia declared a national holiday. Yes. You know, it's uh, <laughs> yes. so. No, um, it's a good song. Yes, it's very, very loud and it's very, very bombastic. I guess you could say, um, inspired by two of Noel's old songs and actually REM. Believe mm-hmm. it or not. Now, I don't know if Oasis were ever fans or not fans of R.E.M., but they definitely ripped the, uh, they, they, they acknowledge that they ripped the bass line from, uh, The One I Love. And, you know... Yeah, but no, this is, this period of time, no ripped off everybody. Oh, he did. And, On purpose. And I don't think he... No, I, but he did it as tribute. Yeah, I, I don't know. It wasn't a maliciously. No. I, and, and I'm not trying to, like, you know, sound like a, a raging fanboy well, no, or anything like no. that, but... I mean, the Beatles sounded like um, Chuck Berry and, you know, all those old rock and roll from the 50s. Well, yeah, because they wanted to be the Gotham King of England. Yeah. So, I mean, every generation, unless you were building a new genre of music, you right. take inspiration what comes before. And it Definitely. just so happened that Oasis built a genre of music while taking inspiration. Yes. Very, very weird dichotomy. Yes. Look, when it comes from um, borrowing material, mm-hmm. I look at it like this. You borrow from one person, it's plagiarism. You borrow several people, it's research. Uh, <laughs> now, Morning Glory was was a great track, don't get me wrong. Um, yes. Really, really weird video to it, too. Um, That's one of the videos we didn't get. Well, you must have got it, because it, it was released up he- over here. Mm-mm. Huh? We didn't get the video for Live Forever, either. Even though they made a specific one for... Well, we didn't get the video you got for Live Forever. We didn't get the Let's Put Tony in a Casket video. Which is a shame, really, because I like the I like the American version of, of, of that better. Um, I know that Rock and Roll Star had its own video. Morning Glory had its own video. And uh, Champagne Supernova had its own video. Okay, yes, but if you ask anyone over here, if you ask anyone stateside videos for that album, they're going to tell you Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, and Champagne Supernova. See, I didn't even know the Champion Supernova had a video until I realized it was released a standalone out here, too. Um, let's talk about... Because, uh, see, we like to research things here. We don't like to be half right. We don't do this just willy-nilly. No. No. It's not like, you know, we just rolled up one night with, you know, <laughs> no prep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the right here, right now episode. Yes, prep. yes. 
Those are fun, by the way. When, when we get them up, you can use them all. Um, okay. Champagne Supernova. Yes. Actually, let me go back to Mountain Glory real, real quick. Just to make yes, it, let's uh, wrap this one out with a little bow. Yes. Because um, it was basically played at every Oasis gig mm-hmm. ever. And Liam's band, BDI, played it full band mm-hmm. the whole way too. And Noel actually played it acoustically on many, many occasions, including the infamous MTV Unplugged show. Mm-hmm. So, we go on to Champagne Supernova. Well, yes, because we're not going to mention part two of the Swamp Song. We, we've already mentioned that. Yes. You know, go listen to I know, but if, but if someone's being pedantic, they're going to say, hey, you missed one. Okay. So, well, yeah. the Swamp Song... It has been mentioned. It has been mentioned. It, it kind of bridges Very the gap. Anyway. It was the pee break. It was the pee break. Um, especially considering the... the um, the, the epicness that was coming on. And I don't mean yes. like, I don't mean, it, oh, it's an epic, epic song, you know, you gotta listen to it. But I mean, it's an epic song. It's, yes. you know, it's arranged, at the time, it was the most complicated arrangement that the band had ever tried. It was their Beowulf. Um, guitars, pianos, keyboards, mellotrons, yes. strings. The only thing that was missing was, uh, your brass. Cowbell. Cowbell. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it had cowbell at some point. <laughs> A harmonica. I mean, it had... <laughs> Noel Bonehead, surprisingly, I found this out. Noel Bonehead and Paul Weller mm-hmm. in the lead guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, subtlety, thy name is, you know. Right. I think they just opened up a closet full of instruments and said, let's put that on there. Uh, yeah, it's just... It, it is a truly... It, it's Musically, it's a masterpiece. Yes, it is. Lyrically, but this is that wall of sound. Yeah, that's true. This this is where it comes from. I mean, this is out of all of them on there. This is the most, and it's it's beautiful. It is a beautiful song. Yeah, I agree with that. I I completely agree with that. It's um, you know, Noel Gallagher's been pl- played it on his last tour acoustically with a slightly different arrangement, and it sounds more like the album version. If that makes sense, right? Whereas when the band played it live, they decided to to hell with the subtleties of this let's just turn it around on its head and right make it unstoppable like you listen to a champagne supernova from oasis gig back then oh yeah at the you know as soon as liam does that last bit of singing and alan white does the uh, military drums mm-hmm. you know and they just like a cannonball like yeah. a cannonball slowly rolling, rolling down the hall i mean Mm-hmm. just turned it into this mammoth sound and you know it's it's i think they could not have ended the album in any with any other track well no because the way that it's engineered i mean you know you have those and and, and of course nothing is, is an accident but you've got no. those um the ocean waves yep. and it's set like waves I mean, the whole, you know, it, 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 yeah. it, it, the, the sound goes up and down and up and down and then, Calm. and then, and it calms out towards the end, you know, it's just like the little wave lapping at the beach with that in the background. And, and so it's brilliantly done. I mean, just, and it's gorgeous. It's excellently produced too. Yes. The lyrics can be a little suspect, but. It's, it's, it's susical to musical. It, yeah. <laughs> but, but there are some, some, you know. Yes. Again, I don't know how Noel Gallagher does this. He could write four lines of absolute drivel mm-hmm. and one line of like like a pool. Right. You know, and you know, you and I will never die. The world still spins around. We don't know why. What mm-hmm. the heck does that mean? You know, and it just but it means something. It means something to somebody. 
I think... I think that ties back into where were you while we were getting high. Right. I think, in, in my opinion, that's Oasis' best album closer. Yes. Roll It Over is a very, very close second. Mm. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I don't I don't dislike that song. I just think it's their worst album. But if it had been released by any other type of, any other band of that era, it would have been hailed as a masterpiece. I will cut you. Cut me. I don't care. <laughs> you know where I sleep. I know where you sleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, we've got a couple more tracks that we're going to talk about. We're not going to go too much in detail. In right. them, but um, there's the bonus track. Bonus yes. Bank Holiday. Yes. Uh, absolute <laughs> nonsense. Oh my god, but it is the best nonsense in the history of nonsense. Especially if you've got the, um, if, if you can listen to the original, um, and there's it's parts the of it. It is in the background, but if you if you can get a hold of an isolated track where that is just Bonehead, oh yeah. my god. It's it's called Bonehead's Bank Holiday. Yes. And he was actually supposed to take Yes, it, it, it was his Ringo track. Bonehead can't sing. No. He can't. No. And he admits this. He oh, yeah. It. But uh, they wanted him to sing it, and la, he went to the... La, 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 la. <laughs> do, do, don't you know? <laughs> right? No. Uh... <laughs> He went for a car. You are. He went for a couple of glasses of uh, liquid courage, mm-hmm. and the liquid courage turned into liquid stupid, and he was in no condition to even attempt to sing badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Noel took over the vocals, but you can hear, you know, the la 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 las, and this was on the vinyl version of Morning Glory. So, if you were a vinyl head, you own Bonehead's Bank Holiday. So, yay. Um... Now, I mentioned we can talk about some other tracks, and there are five that I want to briefly go over. Uh, Acquiesce. Mm-hmm. The song that should have been on the album. Yes. I think you take Hello Off and you put Acquiesce instead of it. Yeah. Uh, okay. The fact that that chorus. Yeah. The verse chorus that got me. Uh, the lyrics, you know... Um, it's interpreted as, as, as the love that the, the Gallica, the love and the bond that the brothers had at the time. Right. But it's more about, Noel said it's more about friendship, but it is definitely about a love and a bond, but it's not specifically written about Liam. Right. And in fact, Liam has even said that he can't sing this song without Noel. He, he won't, this is one right. of the few ways of songs he will not perform live because he can't do it without him. Which is, which is, I guess, kind of sweet. We need yep. each other. Yeah. Uh, again, this is Noel regretted not putting this on album three. I still think he should have put it on this album, but you know, um, mm-hmm. the master plan. Oh, not at at that time. Up until uh, Riverman, mm-hmm. this is the song that Noel thought was the best song he ever wrote. It, it's 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 a damn good song. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, couple of interesting tidbits. Again, he he. Wishes he held on to this for album three. I think mm-hmm. this should have replaced Hey Now. Um, but this, along with a couple of other songs, you know, I didn't... And and, remember, and we've talked about this before. Even with me being an Oasis fan, this is early internet, right? This is... We had tape trees where we would mail each other thing. This is back when, you know, the only way to hear something live was to buy a bootleg. Yeah. Um, no YouTube, kids. Right. No, no YouTube. So, um, and remember where I'm located, you know, same place I was located then. Um, so a lot of these alternates and B-sides, I didn't hear until years later. Yeah. Or um, the, my first exposure to them was during Unplugged. 
Yeah. So the first time I heard Master Plan was unplugged. Interesting. Yes. First time I heard Talk Tonight was unplugged. unplugged. Listen up. Yeah. 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 I think it's a great. I, like I love the Master Plan. I think it's. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Brass, string, electric guitar, acoustic guitar. Well, yeah, and the first time, first time I saw it again, it was unplugged, and so it was like goosebumps and crying. I mean, literally, it was it's, moving. It's it's a it's a damn good song. I I I agree that while well, Donald Beckinger is my favorite song, this is probably the best song he wrote. All right. Um, interestingly enough, for all you uh, music nerds out there, the backwards guitar, mm-hmm. he recorded it forwards. Mm-hmm. What he did is he flipped the tip, recorded the guitar solo, then flipped the tip back, and. At first, he thought it was going to sound awful, but actually, it made a lot of sense, so he kept it in there like that, mm-hmm. which is very, very interesting and weird. Um, round our way. Yes. Now, it's A R E. Round our way, not round our way. Mm-hmm. It's round our way. Mm-hmm. Mancunian dialect. You come around our way. See, okay, mm-hmm. that's a very, very bad Mancunian accent, but yeah, I don't do that again. Right. Never, ever, ever. Never. Um. It is a snapshot of working class Britain. Yes, it is, completely is. No matter if you were a young, if you were a young adult, yes, or teenage or older teen, in that in the mid nineties in Britain, that is basically that that describes your life, whether you know it or not. Um, bombastic brass and harmonica, mm-hmm. more swagger than you could possibly think. La, 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 yeah, la. I mean, just this should have been on the album too. I'm I'm down with that. I, I, as good as Roll With It is, mm-hmm. this would have been a much, much better song to mm-hmm. put on the album. Um, I think the first time I heard that one, though, was on Was There Then. Yeah, that, that was the first time I heard it, too. Because I didn't buy the one to one single. And well, yeah, but, well, yeah, and I had to, um, we had a CD. I had my own Mr. Sister. Ah. <laughs> Who would, um, order me imports. But sweet baby Jesus. I mean, like, I think I paid $17 for the Wonderwall single. I mean... Three bucks in the in the UK. Three quid in the UK. Yeah, but I mean, by the time you paid taxes and import fees yeah. and somebody had to go hunt it down and... I mean, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. So... This is Oasis's best B-side that did not feature on any compilation. It was not on the master plan. Really? I didn't think about that, yeah. Yeah, it's not on the master plan. And to me, I'm thinking, well, Going Nowhere is. Mm. <laughs> That's a dreadful song, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it is. Okay. Sometimes I don't think I know you. Okay, Going Nowhere Around <laughs> Our Way, which is a better song. Oh. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> Noel write you a song about sleeping on a couch. <sighs> yes, I know. Uh-huh. I'll just mean the cat will have a good night. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> we're gonna talk about one. I'll kick your ass. He will he'll bite me again. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk quickly about one that's not on the notes. Rocking chair. <gasps> yes. The most. <laughs> I, I've used the word underrated a lot, <laughs> but I mean. Okay, personal it, antidote, and 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 I know some of you guys. Um, know us through one way or the other and if you if we're friends on facebook you you see me post about my uncle jerry a lot <laughs> um so uh the the single that that's on i had it on repeat or actually no 
No. Um, this is a couple of years later, and I actually had a computer, and I had ripped ooh, all my Oasis songs to my computer, right? So I could jam, and I had it playing while we were painting my room or something, and my uncle came over to help, and I had Rocket Chair on repeat. And <laughs> that boy tells me I'm rude one more time. <laughs> I don't care for your attitude. <laughs> That is, yeah, that is something he would say. So, that boy on that song tells me I'm rude one more time. So, yes, sorry. But, the, um, Rocking Chair is one of Liam's favorite songs. Yes, Rocking Chair is amazing. And I, I, I think it should have been on the album. Yes, I'm, I'm down. I, I would have I replaced the Swamp Song. Oh, yeah. One of them. And Both finally, them. the last one from this era was Step Out. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm. It's not one of my favorites. It's it's it really isn't. Uh, it's it's all right. It it wasn't worth the trouble. No, I mean it 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 really. I mean, it's a good song, but it 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 wasn't in my opinion. Just in my humble little opinion, it wasn't worth the legal BS. No, I I, I just wouldn't have released it. It's no, it's it's not. It, it's one of the weaker songs of the year. Yes. Probably with the, probably down there with its better people. As alright, mm. but not great. You know? Because, I mean... We, we talked about Hey Now not being played live. Step Up never got played live either. Well, because they didn't want to pay. Well, ironically, it's on their live album. <laughs> well, obviously they played it at least once. Yeah, well, no, they, no what I mean is... okay. During this era, they right. didn't play Step Up, but for some bizarre reason, Noel ditched Sunday Morning Call in the set list for this. Mm, yes. Because he doesn't like Sunday Morning Call, yet he released a, a video. I, I don't know. Sometimes yeah. I don't understand that man. I, I don't understand him at all. Now, in my humble opinion, I gave a rating of this a 7 out of 10 on the Britpop episode. Mm-hmm. I'm revising that to an Ooh. 8 out of 10. And, and, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And and I'll let you give your opinions on it here in a minute because mm-hmm. you know I haven't written down your opinions because I don't know them. Uh, so it it's a genre defining record. Mm-hmm. I mean it it did set up what Britpop was supposed to be loud, bombastic, your own style, your own movement. Right. Um, it did worldwide uh, spark the the Cool Britannia movement. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the start, but it was you know I mentioned it, it wasn't the start, but it was the spark. Right. You know. Um, the first half of the album, mm-hmm. you could replace everything but Wonderwall and Don't Look Back in Anger, in my right. opinion. The second half is is superb. Um, it's not the best work overall. Right. I, I still think definitely maybe is. And, in fact, to be honest, they've done better individual tracks. See, the, the first part of Oasis' career was defined by two really, really great albums and a third good album. The rest of the the other four releases were defined by some really, really good songs, but maybe not great albums. Mm. Don't Believe the Truth is a fantastic album. It would be, it'd be considered a masterpiece if it was written by someone else, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But some of the individual songs on that album are better than some of the individual songs that are on on this. So it's like, you know, this, this album was greater than the sum of its parts. Yes. You know. I'll give you that. Um, 
But it, but it's it's all in timing though. This yeah. album was wonderful and fabulous for when it was, for what and when it was. Definitely. And if it were released at any other time, it probably would not have done what it did. Well, remember the reviews were mixed originally. I mean, definitely maybe came out with, oh my God, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread and Morning Glory came out too. Oh, you know, which is ironic because uh, Blue at the time released The Great Escape, which came out to this is the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And then kind of reviewed it a couple of months later after the, the hype had died down and everybody was like, oh, maybe we should not. Yeah. And, you know, this is definitely this is definitely a growing on a show. I'll, 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 I'll give it that. <laughs> Think of a better metaphor and I'll say it. Um, Leave that in there. I will. Um, okay. But in my opinion, if you replace... <laughs> in my opinion, if you replace, replace Hello, roll mm-hmm. with it, Hey Now, and She's Electric. With mm-hmm. Aqueous, mm-hmm. the master plan. Mm-hmm. Underneath the Sky, mm-hmm. or Round Our Way, mm-hmm. and Rockin' Chair. And mm-hmm. the album instantly becomes 10 out of 10 and possibly one of the greatest of all time. In my humble opinion. Mm. So what is your humble opinion? Well, I think when we originally um, reviewed this... Very briefly. Uh-huh. You gave a 7 out of 10 and I gave an 8 out of 10. Yes. Um, my my rating holds. Still 8, okay. Yes, it's still 8. Um, I mean... It, this this album will always hold a special place for me. Yeah. It was my introduction to a band that literally changed my life. I mean, we're, we're talking people you, can, you, you can't understand. Like, this album f- introduced me to some of my very best friends that I still have to this day. Yep. This album gave me a connection through music to my brother who I was previous who previously I couldn't reach because he couldn't communicate and nothing would hold his attention this album um gave me got it this album gave me life people like I can't even you know and through through these friends and this band over the years, you know, this album gave me my, I mean, this album and this band gave me my husband and my children. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, this, this, this album will always hold, always hold an extremely special place in my heart. Um, do I think that it's their best work? No. Um, I'll disagree with hubby over there as far as which one is um but that's okay um but this this is a good one guys it's a good one for what it was for what it was then so uh yeah i mean the thing is sergeant pepper doesn't sound that great now listening to it but i mean back then it was groundbreaking and everything like that so you know I i completely agree with that it was definitely a product of its time would that make satsog their revolver Probably. Ha! Yes! Okay. <laughs> All the well, white album. Mm-hmm. Okay, look. Put your money where your mouth is is definitely that revolution number nine. Uh, 
but you know that like i said yeah the, i i completely agree with that this 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 is you know a fantastic piece of music and musical history so we will leave that right there and yes. that i think is our last discussion on this album until we probably review it in three years time when we find out some obscure fact like the other day we found out that it had a viber slap on she's electric you know that that thing looks like a cowbell you hear it goes yes we only just realized that it had it only because one of our kids have one yeah and i smacked it like oh that's the sound yeah yes we bought the viber slap because we saw it when the kids would do yeah anyway that's another story for a different day we'll probably cover that on a different episode of something else um we will be back momentarily All right, gang. Thank you very much for taking the time. We did go a little bit longer than I expected with this, but you know, it was ex- it me. was expected. I'm so sorry. Well, not even that. I mean, it's you know, no, it's, it's me. It's well, it's Sarah. Yeah, yeah. It's her fault. Blame her. Always. Blame Canada. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you are Canada. You're nice and peaceful, and so Aww. on and so forth. Aww. Aww. So I'm, I'm getting off that couch. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so. you, huh? He ain't that cute. No, I'm kidding. So. He's cute, huh? Okay. I am cute. Mm-hmm. Somewhat. All right. So, wrapping this up, we are looking at the social media question feedback from, la- from well, well I'd the- say from last week, but this is the first, yeah. <laughs> this is the first thing. No, we put a feeler out. Uh, which is the better song, Wonderwall or Don't Look Back at Anger? And we have some responses. And we're going to read a few of them out. Yes. And I can't believe the... Um, I, I can't believe the responses. And this is not a, oh my God. But when, when we go through them, I thought it would be a little bit closer than, 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 than yeah, what no. it was. Mm-mm. So we're going to start off. Chris, mm-hmm. he said, Wonderwall is the more popular song, but I think Don't Look Back in Anger is the better song. Mm-hmm. Kevin said, personally, I'd say Don't Look Back in Anger is a much better track. And Andrew said, simply Don't Look Back in Anger. Derek said, Don't Look Back in Anger is my fave of the two off that album. Matt said, Don't Look Back in Anger. The Wonderwall is a great song. Champagne Supernova Best on Album. Personally, would swap Hello for Acquiesce and Hey Now for Rock and Chair. Oh, and Find a Place for Talk Tonight would make an already brilliant album perfection. Matt, you're not far off the mark there, bud. There you go. Uh, Victoria said, Don't Look Back in Anger. Obvious. Uh, Luke said, Hands Down, Don't Look Back in Anger. And Carl said, Great album, but I always skip Wonderwall. Overplayed and overrated. Gareth said, Don't Look Back in Anger is my karaoke song, so most would say Wonderwall after I've sung. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, all see it shape hit Supernova for me every time. And uh, Liam, not Liam Gallagher, uh, brother Liam, mm-hmm. said, stupid Same question, birthday. without a doubt, Don't Look Back in Anger. More to the point, the best song on the album is Wrong With It. So nobody said Wonderwall. I mean... Yeah, that's, that's well. Yeah, so that that shocked me, and you know, I was I was, I wasn't trying to make a point to you know to be controversial. I was saying you know, Wonderwall is overhyped and overplayed, and you know, it's. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is a very small sample size, <laughs> but I and, mean, it, well, and actually, it's a small sample size. But I mean, looking at this, these are people from not just the UK. No, we have Canadians and uh, Americans. Another Southerner, other than myself. Yep. Um, just, you know, uh, Canadian, Scots, Irish. Yeah. I mean, we've got all, all of the perk. And so it just goes to show that if a song is good but overplayed, people will get tired of it. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Macarena. I. Yeah. Oh, um, I only want to be with you. Come from different worlds. Okay, so. (laughs) Okay, guys, so remember, keep in touch with us via social media Facebook, but at the Because Maybe Pod, Twitter and Tumblr at Because Maybe Pod. Our blog is Because Maybe Podcast.wordpress.com. And at YouTube, just type in the search bar Because Maybe Podcast. And you will find our samples and you'll find everything else that you yes. could possibly do for that. Sarah, thank you very much for taking part this week. I really do appreciate it. We'll see you in a couple of weeks because uh, next week we're going to be joined by uh, Greg Gregory. Yes. And this week we decided to look at one of the most iconic albums in UK history. I decided to hit... Let me start that again. I decided to jump across the pond mm-hmm. and we're going to be talking about another album that was a social defining album. Mm. And we're going to be talking about Nevermind by Nirvana. Ah. Oh. Yeah, we've we've given Courtney Love a lot of, uh, lot of love on this podcast. Now yes. we're going to see if uh, Mr. Courtney is deserving of that <laughs> same love. Uh, <laughs> don't hit me, Nirvana fans. I'm just picking. Don't worry. I think Greg's going to get you back himself for calling Kurt Mr. Courtney. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, You get what you get. You don't throw fat. But social media. Yes. If you are on social media, answer the following question. Did Nirvana peak at Nevermind? Y'all, I don't want to be a widow. Like, no... No, no, freaking, um, no irony included in that. Well, no, the, the reason, the reason, the reason I ask is because yeah, because yeah, those will be fighting words with I'll, some folks. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll get it. We'll get into it deeper next week Please. with me and Greg. But did Nirvana peak at Nevermind, and would any subsequent material have been as good as as Nevermind was? It's 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 a weird question. Well, you know. I mean, well, you did. I mean, you did jump a pond. Oh, uh, yeah, I did jump a pond. So, yeah. with all that in mind, guys, thank you very, yes, very, thank much you very much for taking the, 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 the last two and a half hours to listen to our rambling. Uh, <laughs> we will be back next week. We're going to be doing, like I said, we're going to be doing a lot more of these um, reviews this season. We've got some good ones coming up. We're going to be reviewing books, video yes. games, movies. All the things. All the things. Everything is iconic except for the stuff that's not. And <laughs> it's... it's Planner stickers, yo. Don't forget me. Yep. And in the words of Noel Gallagher, it's good to be back. Everybody have a great, well, great couple of days, great weekend. We will see you next week. Have fun. See Toodles. you guys. Come from different worlds. Okay, so...